<laughs> Freedom of speech, motherfucker. Okay. Something for the kids. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the Uppy and Stash podcast. I'm your host, Uppy. With me tonight, we have uh, Stash. Stash, how are you? I am doing fucking fantastic. Your video froze, so I just... <laughs> so I see it's like you're looking all like dad faced. Uh, Chitty's here. Chitty, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> um, I'll start with. <laughs> we got stash back. Uh, Chitty, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> uh, tonight I'm drinking Bullet Rye um, on a rock. On a rock. I, I saw you making it like I knew, but not like the audience knows. It's a very large rock you made it on. Yeah, very large rock. You know, whiskey whiskey cube I have. Whiskey cube. Nice. Stash, how about you? You know, it's been 90 degrees down here. What? Yeah. The last three days has been 90 degrees. No shit. Yeah, so I've been drinking Coronas. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, up here it's been 68 degrees and I've been drinking Coronas. <laughs> And drinking mold wine up here, hot wine, and it's been nice f- and it's been fo- it's been foggy as shit up here. Has it? No, it's yeah. ninety ninety degrees hot, like it's the summer, and then all of a sudden, uh, it'll get to you know the evening, and it's still rather warm. Like right now, it's let's see, it is um, sixty three right now. So. Mm. Oh, we're not that different. We're we're fifty two, but we certainly weren't ninety degrees. That's for sure. Tomorrow will be ninety. Yeah, eighty eight. Close to ninety, and then uh, then it'll start to take kind of taper off, and then back into the eighties again, probably all the way into until um, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I wouldn't trade you. No way. Um, <clears throat> I got this beer. I don't know if it's any good. It's from Nine Hundred Three Brewers. The vanilla ice cream cherry pie slushy. <laughs> sweet Sounds cherry, good. tart cherry. <laughs> yes, seriously, it's a sweet cherry, tart cherry, lactose, vanilla, and pie crust flavored Berliner Weiss style ale. And it comes in at 6.2%. And this little guy, maybe he's supposed to be vanilla ice on the can. He says vanilla ice cream, baby. So... And if this does not work out, I have a Corona for a backup. <laughs> so, so I, I, uh, I do have to say, I do have, unfortunately, Samuel Adams in my fridge. Um, I was really upset. I ordered something on Target, you know, because hmm. they they released their their uh, Christmas tree beers, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, that's how you know. Every year, I get sucked into hey drink this liquefied pine tree, tree. In yeah. um, and I think it's going to be good. Well, you know, I didn't even get that chance because they had the Christmas variety on, um, sorry, the holiday variety on the app, <clears throat> but had the previous holiday version in the store. So I got left with pumpkin beer oh. and, Oktoberfest and one other, well, a Boston lager, and then there was something else. So I got, you know, thrown a complete curveball. Right. Sam Adams, our good friend. Good friend Sam Adams from Boston. Yeah. 
So, uh, just the three of us, Stash. You you, you uh, you've been following something because you've been um, home. <laughs> been at home. I didn't know if I should call it's it a Elon blessing Musk. or a curse. Because <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so you've been home. So you've been following something rather intimately that the rest of us just get bits and pieces of off of Twitter and Facebook. Um, how's the Kyle Rittenhouse case? Like, has that wrapped up or almost wrapped up? Um, Friday, they uh, talked about how Monday was going to go. So Monday is going to be closing arguments. Um, About two and a half hours each side um, is given. Um, The judge, uh, I don't know. The judge, I I feel, has been biased in the whole situation. Um, You know, I will always say fuck the prosecutor's office. Um, but like, he's been very uneven on applying it fairly on a lot of his rulings. Um, for example, one of them was, um, uh, so the, in order for certain evidence, like, uh, video evidence to be heard in court, um, the other side, either side kind of have to agree what they're going to show, um, on, and, and, um, how they're going to show it. And so there was a document that was given to the defense about what what the prosecutor was going to show and whether they'd agreed to it, um, if there was any changes. It was kind of back and forth negotiations, and they signed it. Um, and then they sent it to the judge, and the judge signed it without even reviewing it because he admitted to not reviewing it. Well, the prosecution objected to um, uh, objected to the defense's use of of other of certain material. And you said, hey, that's this is what you had signed, um, you know, and that we should be following your orders because the day before that prosecutor got freaking hammered. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you all I think everybody saw that. And that was quite a spectacle. Um, and so the judge just said, no, I'm going to allow it anyways, because I thought the whole video was going to be shown and not just these bits and pieces. Um, some of it, some of the video doesn't make sense. So it, it doesn't make sense for the whole entirety. But. You know, I guess for fairness, uh, I saw the whole Rittenhouse testimony. You know, I, I I don't know if I'd be able to be a juror on this thing because I would definitely had uh, I'm, I'm totally biased. I, I believe, you know, uh, he was very disingenuous and, and and he went into a reckless situation. However, he did. Uh, he was coached pretty well. Um, he did stick to this, the three same terms that they coached him to use one of them was i um i i can i shot him until he was no longer a threat or i continued till he was no longer a threat that was one thing that he used a lot um defense yeah the self-defense um and that's uh he only pointed his weapon because um he felt like he was in danger um, and so he, 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 he stuck to that quite a bit, but the prosecutor did a good job on sort of wearing him down until, um, until he had to actually watch the videos again of him shooting, um, the three, gen- uh, shooting all, shooting all three people, killing the two. Um, and it wasn't until the end when, uh, you can tell that he was starting to get to Kyle, um, because he would have to pause and look back at the screen and really think about his answer before he would open his mouth. And so that's how I knew it was getting to him. For example, one of the things was, and this was huge, was that, um, uh, so when you pointed your weapon at, at that person, 
does that mean you intended to use it or did you want wanted to show them that you had it? And he goes, and he, you know, he would answer, well, you know, that I was going to use it. So don't you think that they felt like they were in danger, like you were in danger to them? And he, he had he had a hard time answering. Well, no, because I was one of the good guys. And they just kept weaving it back and forth and in and out on him on on to show to make him look like he was reckless, which he was. Um, so but it's it's going to, you know, really uh, they asked for Lester charges to be included for Monday's um, uh, instructions of the jury. So the six counts that he did get, uh, they're asking for lesser charges on all of the six counts, just in case the jury is unable to find him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt on the murder charges. Well, I'm gonna, I just, I'm gonna say, even those lesser counts, manslaughter still gets you a lot of time. You know, you're not, you're not gonna walk away, and if he just has to be found guilty on a couple of them, um, one of them for sure is gonna be the the the, the, the possession of an illegal weapon. Mm-hmm. you know crossing the state lines and any of those lesser ones where it's not the murder charge itself he should be found guilty of the intentional homicide you know because capital one that's intention that you meant to kill that you premeditated it is going to be a little difficult um you know but he should i wouldn't be surprised if they included reckless hom- you know involuntary manslaughter or reckless you know something in there along that to show hey what you went into this he went into this place knowing that it was a war, essentially a war zone <clears throat> at 17 years old. You've been caught lying because they asked him if he was in school. He said, yes, he was lying about that. ASU said no. Um, he, uh, he was, he told everybody he was an EMT. He lied about that. He's not an EMT. He's only C- first aid CPR certified. So he lied about that. Um, he was asked, you know, um, if you if you knew that um, there was a curfew in place, why did you go? You know, so they were showing like him trying to be, be reckless and, and knowingly lying. I think the, the jury's going to see that and be like, dude, you shouldn't have been down there. You know, like, what were you doing at 17 years old in this place? So, you know, emotionally, I think that the, it's hard to say because I'm already biased, but. Right. <laughs> uh, I, know, I know the National Guard's been called in. For Mondays, uh, you know, what's going to happen for Monday. They're probably going to be there all week, but um, it's been a really, really weird uh, trial because motivation plays a huge part on, on knowing on whether, whether, why someone wanted to do it. And you can even, you can even question someone's motivation in, in the courtroom. Um, even though, even though there was testimony from the defense, from people that were, super right wing you know and so you and so that was one of the rulings like too that was like well wait a minute if this guy's coming in here and using this language we got to know where he's coming from um so. i think one of the biggest things for me is you know just watching the the that judge's antics you know and the bits and pieces that we've seen and i'm sure they've been cherry picked mm-hmm. but um you know the judge the judge themselves should they should in my opinion, be the most upstanding um, part of the process. You know, they should be leading with example. And, you know, I think he's made, in my opinion, what seems to be unnecessary, too many out of pocket, you know, comments where it's like, what is, what, what do you think your role really is here? You know, Um, it, it almost looks like he's, 
he's grabbing that last second, you know, what seems to be the last little bit of fame he can from this opportunity and capitalizing on it um, to, you know, there, there's a little bit of, yeah, don't be surprised you know, if his own Fox news or OAN or real American news or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, uh, don't, don't be surprised if you, if you see him on there, but it, it shows, I think it also goes to show that our, how in, um, antiquated our justice system is. Um, one of the big arguments was whether or not the, prosecu- the prosecution's office could use an iPad to zoom in on the video that they were showing of um, Kyle Rittenhouse pointing his weapon the first time um, at, at the first first victim that was that was killed. And the defense objected to using the iPad and zooming in because they said it added pixels uh, to the zooming in and that it wasn't in its true virgin state. So there was altered. And and the prosecutors like we're using technology that's been around for quite a while now and that all of us have on our phones, whether no matter what what phone we have, you can zoom in on something and look at it. The content of the image, though, is not going to change. It's just the 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 clarity of the image is so, going to. So the defense said, <laughs> "Hey, we object to it, you you using it because it alters it." The judge said he he sustains the objection and that the the, the prosecutor's office has to show that it doesn't. They have the burden of showing that it doesn't. And you have twenty minutes to bring in an expert. So they bring in like their state crime lab persons that does all of the editing of the video, the, not the editing, but the mm-hmm. and stuff so that they can get clear images. And he can only speak so much to the algorithms that, you know, the, the programs they use um, and, and doing so. And so, and, and they won, the defense won on that one. They still weren't able to zoom in on it because it, they kept saying, well, it adds pixels. And the, the guy's like, I, it doesn't quite work that way. It uses, it, it takes a snapshot already of what's there and it doesn't add anything. It just clears things up or moves pixels so that, you know, you can see it a little clearer. And, um, and nope, they won. He said, no, I don't want, I don't want it to be. A, and even the judge is like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the technology, but we're not going to include it. So I was like, motherfucker. Right. When we don't understand something, it is a perfect excuse to not figure out why we don't understand it. Right. Yeah. So it just this this guy this the judge was it's we'll see what happens. I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does if he gets not guilty on the Capital One, but if he gets uh, guilty on the lesser charges. Hopefully manslaughter, you know, because he did he did kill those. He killed them. He still killed two people. He killed like, two people. That hasn't changed. No. Whether you can zoom in on it or not, that still happened. And <clears throat> I just fear uh, the ramifications if he is innocent. Like, let's say there's another uh, issue, nationwide issue like we had with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. If he's innocent, who, who's to say that everyone with a gun is not going to just show up and start shooting? Yeah. I mean, we can't have that either. So <laughs> it's just crazy. I mean, 
Yeah, it's nuts. And then I and then I watched the Ahmed Aubrey one. I've been watching that one for a little bit too because I switches back and forth on court TV. <laughs> uh, that one is actually going well for the prosecutor's office, um, and it's not going so well for the three <laughs> three defendants. Uh, that one's a kind of a big of a loop. Uh, another legal trouble issue that they're um, showing and how antiquated our system is. It's when you try three people at the same time or you know group mm. of people at the same time. Um, it's hard um, for the prosecutor's office to use into evidence statements um, that one of those individuals might have made because mm -hmm. then um, in the defense of one client, they may have to call up the other person to oh. tell them, why did they say this, mm -hmm. right? So it kind of it does this weird weaving, and so they have to be very careful. But they're really relying on um, the fact that um, – they really had no reason to chase them because the guy that owned the house didn't know whether the stuff was stolen before or after and never saw, never saw anybody. He never saw an, on the video of anybody taking anything, even though he had people on video um, of him entering the unfinished house. And it was kids. It was all kinds of people that would walk in and just look at what was going on and then walk out, but nothing ever being taken. Um, so, there's a lot of compelling evidence to show, you know, that he, that that's not gonna, it's not looking good for them. And then, and then, then on top of that, one of the defense attorneys was like, no more black pastors in the courtroom, right? That one was like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, that was nuts. That was nuts. So yeah. Cause uh, Reverend Sharpton was just happened to sit in, in the public courthouse and with the, with the family. And so um, and, and he was like, yeah, no more black pastors in, in the court because it's, it's somehow swaying the jury. And yeah, it was, it was nuts. I will say one thing that, that stood out from that, the, you know, the Rittenhouse stuff that's, um, <laughs> it was, it was mildly um, funny. It was, when they asked him to confirm his uh, username for some sort of social media thing. And it was like Coochie Slayer 14 or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> because, you know, he's 17. And of course, uh, that would be his thing. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think, I think if regardless, he should just be referred to as the Coochie Slayer for <laughs> which is great because you know that only a virgin would come up with a name like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is the update from uh, my couch uh, to your ears on what is happening with the Rittenhouse and the Amuradri case. So. Well, thank you for that, because the, the depth of knowledge you're able to uh, bring to the subject to fill in the gaps of what I've seen on Facebook <laughs> really helps. I still have, like, no faith in the outcome of this one, like, unfortunately. Like, it, it seems to me, in my mind, it should be more black and white than it's turning out to be. But um, I don't – I'm just not hopeful of justice being served, unfortunately, but – yeah. Yeah. The well, the only good thing, I mean, the bad. It's good and bad. The only good and bad thing is that it was so well documented in the sense, like there was there's so much video of it happening, 
that it's not just like a he said, she said. Mm -hmm. The the jurors have an opportunity to see the video from beginning to end and really make a decision on their own. Just even looking at the video, like, you know, did you have to shoot him? You know, did you know why? Why didn't why didn't you stop? Why did you stop running? Why didn't you just keep running away? Like, why did you go over there in the first place? You know what I mean? You see the crowd Mm -hmm. and there's video of of them really not wanting him around anyways, because he's walking through the crowd and, you know, all like, look at me type of thing. And it wasn't until he was alone by himself, all of a sudden, one of his friends left him. Was he all not so cocky anymore? But the the what what the prosecutors is going to say in closing arguments is that not only did he go in there right into the crowd um, and left where he said he was supposed to be, which was protecting the property of that that car, used car lot, um, was that he had pointed his weapon twice at people, and that started making the crowd uneasy. That's what started making people uneasy was the fact that he was pointing his loaded weapon at people. So he was yeah. acting recklessly already. So though that's that's gonna be my my opinion right now. Okay. Well good. I you know I also Googled uh with Wisconsin, um because it was Wisconsin, right? Mm-hmm. Um self defense self defense like laws. And one thing that comes up is if you yourself are committing a criminal act, then you don't have the right to self-defense. Mm-hmm. And minors in the state of Wisconsin don't have the right to open carry. So he himself was committing criminal activity, so therefore he does not get... And breaking that curfew, too. And breaking the curfew. And carrying an illegal weapon. Yeah. Well, Where's his mom and all this? Like, why would you? Like, I, I still don't get the parenting aspect as well. Like, that probably bothers me more than his, you know, teenage hormone bravado is the mother who purposely drove him to this. No, she didn't purposely drive him. So he got in. He went with the group of friends. Mm. So the police already were where they were at, where a lot of that protest was going on. Um, that was all blocked off. Okay. So you couldn't get, you couldn't just drive over there to that car dealership and just pull up and then drop off with your homies type of thing. It wasn't like that. That whole area was blocked off by police. So he had to, he had to find his way through back streets and Mm. alleyways and side streets and get out of the car and walk to get to that location. And seen so uh, that that's what was revealed the, during the during the trial was that, and that's what you're not hearing in the news. Gotcha. Like that's why I say like people are like, oh, on the face of it, he's not going to be found guilty. On the lesser charges, I think he will because the, the they are going to paint him as him walking into this area that was already blocked off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. But Kenosha is a weird place, you know. <laughs> Right. And then you said he was protecting a car lot. What's his relation to the car lot that he was supposedly? So his story is that the group of there's a that that they uh, his dad lives in Kenosha and uh, his mom lives in Antioch um, and the other state over. Right. And so mm-hmm. he goes to visit his dad and he happens to be in the area and uh, he's with this group of friends 
And uh, the, the car lot guys call them and say, hey, um, we saw the first day when your car lot business, you know, they, they it got ransacked or whatever. Um, you know, do you mind if we go down there and just stand in front of your business with their weapons or whatever? So he's there with the group of friends. And that's initially what his what he was supposed to be doing was hanging out there on the car lot and not leaving. But then he wanted to turn to Mr. Firefighter, Mr. EMS. Mm-hmm. And he started taking um, he's, he left the car lot with a, a guy that was documenting the um, what was going on. Um, he's also he's also a little slanted, but his testimony didn't really come off too slanted because he was really um, um, watching watching that guy get shot and dying, and then him taking him to the hospital, going with him. That really affected him because you could see it in, in that guy's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a, a, a there recording it for his website, and so he is there with them. Oh, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to? You want to um, kind of tell us what's going on? And Kyle's like, Yeah, I'm here protecting the car lot. Blah blah blah. Right, I'm an EMS. And he goes, All right. Um, um, the guy, Kyle's like, Well, come on, we're gonna go on into the to the crowd. So he takes him out of the crowd and he's filming it. And he's like, Yeah, I'm EMS. I'm 18 years old and I'm here to help. And we're putting out fires. And so. Him knowing that there were dumpster fire, trash can fires, okay? That's what was going on. They were lighting trash cans on fire and leaving them in the middle of the road. Well, he was going out there with water bottles and, and, um, and, and fire extinguishers and putting them out and then asking everybody if they needed help. No one answered him, by the way, maybe one person. But nobody, mm-hmm. was, nobody was like, oh, hey, welcome, brother. People were like staring him down. And they looked really uneasy that he was out there just walking around with his gun slinging around him, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, it was um, it, in the beginning, it just didn't look right. But when that guy that was filming it, that was there, that witnessed the first incident, his whole testimony was very like, um, he was he wasn't trying to say like, oh, they were all looting or shooting or whatever. He was like, I was just there documenting. He's like, yeah, I heard about it. So we wanted to go see it. And we did follow him around. And then when it started, when he started talking about what he saw when Kyle shot the first guy, his whole his attitude just he looked totally like a different person because he was the one that ended up providing medical support to the guy on the floor as he lay dying. Hmm. Uh, he took off his shirt. Try to get a tourniquet, called nine one one, did all of these things, and he and he was really um, just he looked like a whole different. His attitude changed in in the middle of all of that, so that didn't help Kyle's um, case. On emotional aspect, didn't help his case. So we'll see. But yeah, very interesting. All right. Um, in an effort to pivot off this discussion. Jay would, would like to let the audience know you should never buy knockoff PlayStation 4 controllers. Um, they look legit, but what are those pads called? Does, they have a name, right? Analog sticks. The analog sticks uh, don't track as well. So don't try to save yourself the 27 bucks. It won't work out well for you. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still amazed that PlayStation 4 controllers go for 60 bucks. I mean, that system's hell old. At this point, um, I think it was $69.99 now that I think about it. It's crazy. Too much, too much. So, <clears throat> football guys, 
Uh, <coughs> we're at the halfway point. So I'm going to give an update. Back in May, we did the scheduled prediction show. Um, so let's get an update on how well we've done, which is, is the most impossible thing to really do well. Because who knows what's going to be happening in like September and October back in May. But we have fun and we do it anyways. Um, Chitty, let me just tell you that you're, <laughs> you're in last right now. You got, no. three, you got three right so far out of uh, nine weeks of the NFL season. Three uh, total matches? Yeah. You've been right three times through nine weeks. Out of six, nine, 35-plus possibilities? No. no, out of, well, you can only win or lose. And how many games have the Raiders played? Oh, of my Raiders. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yes, okay. Yeah, you've only been right three times. Um, tied for fourth. Is, Which is funny because my Raiders don't, aren't actually that bad. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Currently. Currently. It's okay. We, you know, we only lose our wide receivers to, you know, terrible, you know, uh, DUI fatalities, not just because, you know, yeah. their locker room distractions. Not because they don't run routes that they're supposed to run. Uh, <laughs> so tied for fourth, uh, Stash and Beardo have been right five times. Dirty Dan and Dodger have been right six times. And I'm currently winning. I've gotten seven right so far. Rigged. Rigged. <laughs> but the one thing I'm definitely going to be wrong, like I was looking it over. Um, some of us going to be way off. Like, uh, see, Dodger has the Eagles going nine and eight. That's a pipe dream. Uh, Dirty Dan had Panthers going seven and ten. That might actually happen. Um I think there are four and five right now. Four and four. They're somewhere in that range. Uh, Beardo's already screwed. There's no way the Niners are going 12 and five. I think they would have to win nine games in a row for that to happen. Uh, uh, Stash, you're going to be wrong, but on the positive side, I mean, you have the Chargers going nine and eight. I think they can exceed that. Yeah. Um, Chitty had the Raiders 12 and five. I think. Maybe ten Beautiful. and seven. <laughs> um, and same thing with the Browns. I had the Browns going twelve and five, and I don't see them going eight and one the rest of the year. So I'll probably be wrong. Ten and seven is probably more realistic at this point. So um, it should be a close race to the end. I just happen to have done really well the first nine weeks. Um, so then the other stuff, the stuff we do weekly. I have an update on that after nine weeks. Let's see who is in last. Oh, Stash, you're in last. You're 17 and 28. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Which, considering uh, uh, that you went 0 and 8 over two weeks, is pretty <laughs> impressive because you pretty much, when you do show up, are have been correct. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And then you took an 0 and 5, another point in week uh, 5. You went 0 and 5 because you didn't submit picks. So, all things considered, yeah, you're doing pretty well. Uh, because let's see who's next. Um, next would be Beardo at 25 and 20. And then you got Chitty at 26 and 19. Then Dirty Dan, 27 and 18. 
myself 2817 and Dodger is currently ahead. He's at 29 and 16 overall through nine weeks. So, and then I think ESPN podcast league, I think stash you're are you number one? I know you're number one in the West division, which is the up and stash division. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you uh, current standings right now. And Oh yeah. Look at that. I'm number one, six and three. Susan three. Okay. Are you number one overall? Or how's the East? What's the uh, East? No, no, it looks like uh, Blake is seven and two. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, you've been number one. I think you've been number one, like the whole way. Like you've, you've been up there and haven't, haven't let go of it. So yeah. uh, keep up the good work because the rest of our division looks pretty ugly. <laughs> it might just be you and three from the East. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our picks. Um, first games first. Um, we have Browns at Patriots. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Um, Nick Chubb is out. He's in the COVID protocol. He, he, he managed to get um, COVID even though he's vaccinated. So it just did, he go off, did he go off? saying that he's been immunized in a press briefing after that? No, he did not pull on it. <laughs> he did not pull on Aaron Rodgers. He didn't spend his week on the Pat McAfee show. Um, <laughs> he wasn't talking to Dr. Joe Rogan. He was not, no. Getting dewormed? <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. So, I mean, Patriots D has been pretty good. I mean, they haven't been tested. I mean, the one – they're what five and four. They have one quality win. They, they did beat the Chargers a few weeks ago, but two of their wins have come against the Jets and like some other crap teams. Um, so I know defensively they'll be there. They have a good defense, um, but I think the Browns' defense against the New England offense is better for us. So I'm going to go something completely low scoring. Uh, I am going to go Cleveland, but it's going to be something weird like. 1716 because I don't deserve to enjoy a day. So I just I'll sit there anxious for three hours. Um Stash, what do you think? Go uh 21 14. Um Browns. I think the Browns is gonna have a really good defense. Like you said, against Patriots office. I'm not even starting the Patriots in fantasy football for their defense because of the Browns defense. Um, I think they're just going to be awesome out there, but let's see what happens. Yeah, I know Harris was ruled out. So if you have, like, I have Harris on a couple of my teams, so I had to bench him. But, like, um, the Patriots have only been throwing the ball like 18 times a game. So they've been trying to win by running. So uh, Mac Jones, I understand, has had his fair share of rookie struggles, but they're winning, and that's all that matters. So, uh, Beardo surprisingly picked the Browns 35-24. Uh, Dirty Dan picked Browns 27-17. And Dodger went Browns 24-13. And uh, what do you got, Chitty? I'm going to go Patriots 21-12. to I had a feeling. You're trying to catch up, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> you know, the whole contrarian bit doesn't really fail you. I mean, you're right up there. You're in the mix for first. Um, let's see. Next. We have Panthers at Cardinals. Um, 
Dirty Dan went Cardinals 36-13. Dodger went Cardinals 31-21. Chitty, what do you got? The Cardinals don't have um, Kyler for this one again, right? I believe him and Hopkins still haven't practiced yet, so I think they're both still out. But don't quote me on that. Uh, Panthers. Huh? Panthers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, McCaffrey seemed to come back and actually ran the ball okay last week um, with Cam. You know, it'd be interesting. I know him and Robbie Anderson have, you know, a big connection, and that's something that Robbie Anderson hasn't been able to get going this year with Darnold, so maybe that switches it. But the Cardinals are still pretty good. They did pretty well last week without it. Their main mm-hmm. guys, so right. I'm gonna go similar score. I think compared to last week, forty to twenty, Arizona. Okay, I'm gonna go uh, Cardinals as well. Twenty-seven, seventeen. Stash, what do you got? I'm gonna go twenty-four, twenty, Carolina. Okay, and then uh, Beardo went Cardinals twenty-four, fourteen, and yeah, that's it for that game. Stash. Uh, this should be an interesting one. We have Vikings at Chargers. Yeah, you know, I'm still going to go Chargers on this one. It's going to be a good game. We'll go 21-20. Chargers. Okay. Uh, Beardo went Chargers 28-14. Dirty Dan went Chargers 35-31. Dodger went Minnesota 27-24. Uh, Chitty, what do you got? I, you know, this one I'm I'm tempted to give Stash a bone because, you know, I think it is a, a game that the Chargers could definitely win. Um, and I think I think it'll be like a 17-14 uh, Chargers. 17-14 Chargers. <sighs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to go with my gut. Um I am going to go Chargers. I'm going to go 24-20. Yeah, I mean, I I want to find reasons to pick Minnesota, but logically it's just not really there. Although Kirk Cousins has been doing pretty well this year, but I, I think Chargers have more firepower than the Vikings do. So here's an interesting one. Uh, the next game up, we have Eagles at Broncos. What did Dodger? Dodger picked Eagles 2017. Chitty, what do you have? Um, if we were a little bit more in November, I'd, I'd have looked up the weather. Um, mm-hmm. Would it be in Mile High? But um, I like two AFC West. I like the Broncos. I don't really like them that much in this one, though. Um, uh, let's go 24-21 Broncos. You know, it's like I, mentally I'm struggling with this one about as t- badly as I did with the previous one because I have no confidence in picking Philly, but I also have no confidence in picking Denver either. But <laughs> so, you know, the old uh, two points for the home team thing. Uh, I'll go Denver. I don't know. Something fucked up. Um, uh, let's see. 
24 22. Because why not? Uh, stash. <laughs> I need Jalen Hurts to like kind of like make some make some good moves here because uh, I, I really need to keep winning in my fantasy. And so I have him in my lineup here. It's him or Tannenhill. And uh, so um, I'm going to go Eagles because I really need them to win. But I really need them to throw some – I really need them to throw and make some completes. Uh, but I'm going to be with you on this one. Two points for the home team, uh, 26-24. I agree. The more making of completes you can have in a game, the better. Yeah, yeah he doesn't have to make the touch. I don't – just – Make completes so I can just get the points for it. You know, just <laughs> that's all I need right now. <laughs> just make those completes. Yeah, yeah. Make those completes. Uh-huh. Make, make completes again. You know, I'll be happy if you break all, over 18 points in fantasy for your quarterback, but he, he just hasn't been doing it for me. And Tannehill's not that great either. So, well, Julio's out too. Right. But then we're good without Julio. I mean, when they had Henry. Well, they're still a top dog in the AFC, so we'll see. <laughs> um, they're the only AFC team with seven wins. <clears throat> um, so to round this one out, we have Beardo has Denver 21-20, the staff special. And Dirty Dan has Eagles 34-20. So we have a 50-50 split on that one. Okay. Um, Chitty, this should be interesting. Um Probably not as high-powered as we would have thought um, at the beginning of the year, but um, Chiefs at Raiders. Yeah, I mean, if there's a time that the Raiders can could win against the Chiefs, you know, I think I probably gave chalked them up the loss at the beginning of the year. But with the struggling Chiefs right now and that defense, you know, seems to just let anything walk by him right now. Um, I feel like the, the Chiefs offense is just keep, keeping them in the games right now. So mm-hmm. really depends on how well the defense wants to play. But um, I think we'll see what happens with Deshaun Jackson. Maybe he does something to spark the team. Um, and with that optimism, I'll give it a good old stash special. 21-20 for the Raiders. Um. <clears throat> I'm also going to go Raiders. Um, I felt like even before the recent Kansas City struggles, the Raiders have always played them tough anyways. Um, so, but I don't think it's going to be close. Um, I'm going to go something like Las Vegas 37, uh, Chiefs 20. Um I, I think the fix for the Chiefs is fairly simple. I just don't know that Patrick Mahomes has the ability to do it. And that's strictly take what the defense gives you. And he just doesn't have the ability to – he wants the home run ball every time, and it's just not there because um, <laughs> they drafted basically a whole new offensive line this year, and that doesn't work either. So, um, so I see Raiders. Um, Stash, what do you think? Uh, you know, I hate picking Raiders to win. Um, what 2017 Raiders on this one too? 2017. Yeah, good day for the long. AFC West tomorrow from the Epping the Stash podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Channel Two, you showed CBS. Up down here, the probably showed CBS. Well, I can tell you in the early time slot. 
your local game is going to be the Browns and Patriots, just FYI, in the morning slot. Um, the 10 o'clock slot? Couldn't tell you about the 1 p.m. slot and what the channels are for you down there, but I'm sure – I'm sure you've got that. Never know. I, to be honest, you just never know. I, they, they'll be like, "We're going to play an Eagles game," and- <laughs> right? Because <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. That's why. Uh, so Beardo uh, is the one and only person he went cheese. He went cheese twenty four twenty one. Dirty Dan went Raiders twenty six twenty four, and Dodger went Raiders thirty four thirty one. Man, if you would have said that at the beginning of the year, I think somebody would have called this crazy. Right. Oh, yeah. They would have said raw nuts with our kale smoothies and our (laughs) top-notch reefer. I don't know. They they would have thought we were too high on ourselves for saying all that. Uh, So last last and not least, we have Monday Night Football, Rams at Niners, which is Beardo. Beardo has... uh, Rams 35-14. I truly love Dirty Dan's pick. He has the Rams winning 1,000 to zero. <laughs> uh, um, Dodger has Rams 37-10. Chitty, what do you have? I like 45 to 7 <laughs> Rams. I'm gonna go Rams like 27. Nine. Three field goals for the Niners. That's all they get. Um, Stash, you get to round it out. You're the last pick this week. 42-10 Rams. And we'll let the we'll we'll let the Niners get a get one on them in a field goal. So garbage time. (laughs) Yeah, I mean the Niners just they're just not good. Um that's really all you can say about it. Is they're just not good. So, well, awesome guys. Well, thank you uh, for being here. Thank you, Stash, for your expert analysis and um, regurgitation of facts in the Rittenhouse case. I was, I didn't know that you were following it, but I'm happy that you have been because it's nice to get some of the details that social media did not want me to see. Um, and then also uh, next week we're going to be probably talking Thanksgiving. So. Stay tuned for that, everyone. Thank you, uh, everyone, for tuning in. As always, I do want to say it was not on purpose that I waited till Veterans Day to post uh, the last episode. I was just really fucking lazy, okay? <laughs> Every day I thought about, maybe I should get the podcast up, but I just wasn't. So sue me if you want, I guess. So, all right. Well, thank you, everybody. Um, have a great week. And until next time, see you later.